Welcome back to the Homeschool Advantage podcast. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. Today's guest is Diana Cluen. Diana is CEO and founder of Willow Ridge Academy in San Diego, California. Willow Ridge Academy is a Christ-centered, freedom-loving, and family-supporting private homeschool group. They assist families in exiting government schools, maintaining school records, and supporting parental freedom. In this episode, we talk about how to homeschool as a working parent and how it can be free. Also, changing your mindset from institutionalized school to choosing your schedule to your own lifestyle and educational program, and how you don't need textbooks or even a curriculum to teach your children. So go grab your coffee, go grab your tea and a pen and paper because you're not going to want to miss what Diana has to say. Let's get into the podcast. I will be holding a lesson planning masterclass on October 15th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The first 100 people will get it for $25 along with two one-week science lessons after the masterclass. Register below and I will see you on October 15th. Today we have dynamic Diana Cluen from Woodridge Academy. So happy to have her back. Say hello to everybody. (laughs) Hello everyone. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be back. You are the sweetest thing. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to have you back. And you just, you're full of wealth of knowledge, Diana. So tell us, what is one misconception that most people have about homeschooling? I think right now with COVID, what what I'm noticing is working parents. Parents who both parents work outside the home are like, I can't homeschool. I would love to do it, but I have to work. And so I think that is a huge misunderstanding because the reality is anybody can homeschool. Like anybody can do it. You have to have a want and a desire. You have to have that will to do it. And I'm not, it's not easy. I mean, it's definitely easier if you're a stay-at-home parent, a hundred percent. But if you are a working parent and you have that, you know, Nehemiah, says to us, you know, for the people had a mind to work. So if you have a mind to work in any atmosphere, you can certainly do this at home as a working parent. That's powerful. Now you have been homeschooling how many years now? I'm going on my 17th year. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's almost, it's almost weird to say it. Cause I don't, I don't feel like I'm I have children that old, but I do. I have a 25 year old. So. <laughs> Wait, wow. I've been this long. Yeah. <laughs> my, my baby girl is 16. And so I've been homeschooling for almost 17 years. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> wow. And you don't even look as if you were any older than 25 yourself. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I, there, trust me, today after doing some a workout, I do feel my age. No. Stop. You're too funny. <laughs> so Diana, you, you were working beforehand, right? And then you and your family decided to make that decision to homeschool and to really put things to the side just for a certain amount of time so that you guys can invest in your family. What are some things you feel that would really benefit working parents to hear as they're making this decision? Cause I know that there are parents out there thinking like, man, how do I do this um, while I'm working? How can I do this on one salary? Can I do this with these hours? What are some, what are some things you can like just speak into with that? Like what, what can, what can they do? Well, I think the first most important thing is to sit down with your spouse and have a conversation to see if one of you can stay home. Um, and I, we did this, like you said, I was a working mom um, and we decided we wanted to have a second child. And I kind of looked at my husband and said, you know, I don't really want our baby in daycare. We had already had a, a six-year-old. Our son was like six at the time. And I said, 
I don't really want to have the whole daycare thing. I don't want to spend that kind of money and work to put that in there. Um, you know, yeah, when they go off to school, because at the time we weren't homeschooling, that wouldn't be such an issue. But I really, we really wanted to have a parent home. And um, my husband at the time was active duty military. So I remember my, my father, who was just like, oh my gosh, he was such a wise man. I remember him sitting us down and just saying, you know what? It's really important for Diana to stay home. Like she needs to stay home. She needs to raise the kids. Like she needs to be there, figure it out, figure out whatever you can do. And it was hard to hear because, you know, like we wanted that financial, that financial stability. We wanted that freedom and we wanted to be able to do all the things we wanted to do. Right. right. But, but he was really right. And what we were able to do is we sat down. So, so parents, if you're working, sit down with yourselves and see where you can tighten up. And if one of you can actually come home, I mean, my husband drove a junky car. <laughs> he drove a car that was his grandmother's car. I had the nicer car to cart the kids everywhere. I had the safe car. He had the junker car. And we just had that for like a decade. And we didn't go out to dinner. We didn't go to Starbucks. We didn't do those things. And my, we sat down and said, okay, how much do we need from me? Okay, because my income was important. And we had at the time, I'm in homeschooling for 17 years. So this was a while ago. Economy's a little different. I get it. We decided, he said, honey, you need to make $800 a month so that we aren't in the hole all the time. So we're not destitute so that we can, you know, it will be tight, but we won't be destitute. And so um, I thought, well, what the heck am I going to do to get $800 a month? Well, God is so good. And parents, you know, pray about it. I'll always pray, ask God for guidance because he's never going to let you go, you know, let your heart's desire just go down the toilet. Like he loves you. He knows where you are and an opportunity. My mother-in-law's next door neighbor had a baby and did not want to pay $1,500 a month for wow. a stranger to watch their baby. This is 17 years ago. Wow. And I said, and, and I said, well, I need to come home. I, I can, I can watch your sweet baby for you. If you trust, you know, if you trust me and if you don't, it's okay. Right. Like I was very well aware. This is their child. And she looked at me and she went, how much do you want? And I said, I need 800 a month to like sustain myself. So I can either watch just yours or I can get another, another baby. I'll get licensed. I'll do it. I'll get daycare license, whatever you need me to do. And she was like, can you just be our like private nanny? And I went, sure. And she goes, $800 a month done. I mean, wow. like God just was like, bam, there it is. So, you know, see what you guys can do really lay it at the Lord and, and he will do the, and he'll answer you. And, and if he says you have to work, well, guess what? There's other ways you can homeschool as working parents. Right. Yes. Let's talk about that because there are different ways. I mean, there, there, there are some stereotypes about when schooling is supposed to be and when it's not supposed to be, you know, schooling is, I know for a fact, school is those are those hours because of sports, right? We don't want to do sports at so early in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning. So they make sure that school is at a certain time. So the right after school, we have sports until 8 p.m. at nighttime or something like that in games. So it's very structured for the system, not necessarily for the kids themselves. It's really structured. I mean, like the curriculums are structured for the teachers, the school, um, uh, the infrastructure is uh, structured for working parents, and it's also structured for sports. But when you remove yourself from that system, I mean, <laughs> sky's the limit at what you can do and when you can do it. So let's talk about that. So what about those hours? Yeah, well, we have to change our mindset. Like you said, it is the, the Monday through Friday, 7.30, you know, gosh, some of these kids are at school at 7.30 in the morning until three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, it is, it's set for an institution. It's set for a large group. It's set for that. It is not set for the family. So homeschooling is not school at home. It's an extension of parenting. So if it's an extension of parenting, each parent gets to dictate 
their own schedule. They get to be in control. So if you're that working parent that you have to work Monday through Friday, nine to five, you don't have to homeschool during those hours. You can homeschool when you get home from work. You can homeschool on the weekend. There's really nothing like we have this mindset, the public schools did a really great job of brainwashing us to think that we have to have 180 days of education. And it's only from Monday through Friday from, you know, 730 to three. The reality is mom and dad, we have 365 days of the year to educate our children. So I have some, I know some, yes, we have 365 days. And it goes, we have 24 hour days to work with. So whatever works for your family. I know families who literally homeschool. We have parents, so like my husband kind of has what they call like RDOs, like a ready day off or whatever, something like that, regularly, regular day offs. And so he has every other Friday off. So there are parents that have the same schedule. I know parents who are on the exact same schedule. They will homeschool Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then you might be asking, well, where do my kids go when I'm working? (laughs) Well, okay, where do they go now? If they're not in public school, where do they go now? And then if they are in public school and you really want to pull them out and bring them home and and be in that control, look to look to homeschool groups, look to co-ops, look to those groups that have other parents. I will tell you this: the homeschooling community is one of the most service-driven, love oriented, caring groups of of families. I say that because you will have families that just meet you and say, well, you know, I'm teaching my five kids. Uh, Why don't you just drop them off and, and they can join me? You will have other moms that you can meet, get on social media, ask parents, ask other parents, Hey, I'm a working parent. God has not provided the door yet for me to stay home with my kids. And this goes really for even, you know, single parents, right? There are single parents looking to do this and bring them to other places, get a community, ask social media. Hey, any other working parents out there that want to try to collectively get together, either hire, hire a tutor, hire a homeschooling mom, uh, do something to get our kids out of the public school. And that can happen. You can do that. There are so many things that are springing up right now. You have co-ops, which typically meet one day a week. They don't all meet the same day of the week. So if they are, a lot of them go from nine to three, like a typical public school. Well, go to three different co-ops if you have to. Right. Yeah. Yes. You're dropping them off. Yes. It feels like public school, but you have parents that are teaching. You have parents that say, Hey mom, you're still the authority. Hey dad, you're still the authority in your child's education. So they're going to communicate with you. They're going to make it easier on you. They will help you. And you're going to build these relationships. It's it's not going to happen overnight. But if you're willing to do the work, you can make it happen. Um, They even have pods, like, you know, where, like I said, parents will get together, three or four families will get together and hire a, an air quotes teacher. So this can be, you know, a credentialed teacher, which, you know, that's great. I would still, uh, you know, make sure you look at your state laws just to see if that can even be done. Right. Cause every state is a little different, but you can bring someone in to assist you in that. You can bring someone in like me who has a specialty in language arts and just focus on language arts for one day a week. You could bring in a math tutor another day a week, right? You can work with other working parents who don't work five days, work four days, and y'all might have, maybe you guys can work with your employers to each have a different day of the week off, and you bring those kids in to that specific home, and you're just kind of home hopping, (laughs) you know? It's like the home crawl. (laughs) Yeah. home hopping. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing because, I mean, there's still socialization, and but in this time, it's like a positive it's positive because you don't have a bunch of kids coming together who, um, you know, 
I, I guess I'm thinking about in, in in my in my world of public school where you have like 36 kids and they all come from these massively different homes, you know what I mean, and cultures and backgrounds and, you know, situations that could be so awful. And then they kind of spread it around to, you know, each kid, kind of like a little bit of like a cancer, you know what I mean? And, a, you know, like they say, one bad apple can mess up the whole entire bunch. And that's oh, yeah. really, really true where, you know, you have families that you trust and that you've built relationship with and you all have the same mindset and you know where you guys are going with the education of your children. I think it's a very powerful tool and it also builds that community. It's like your your family away from family. <laughs> so like, let's say parents are working full time and they decide that they wanna be able to, you know, bring their kids home out of the public school. We're gonna homeschool them. Do they have to find one specific curriculum or can they kind of find different pieces and bring it all together to build like actually, one educational plan? Yeah, that's actually a great question. So you can do really anything you want. And this becomes very overwhelming to the new homeschooling mom. So um, one of the things that you can do is really sit down with your spouse. And, and I actually, this is actually one of the things I'll be talking about uh, in a, in a different podcast, but is that you, you get to pick and choose and it does get very overwhelming. So sit down with your spouse and create a list. Okay. Before you pick the curriculum, create a list of questions. And some of the questions would be like, how many days a week do we want our children to be in their homeschool, you know, academia atmosphere. So learning subjects, if this is what you would like to do, like if you, unless you want to unschool and don't teach any subjects, that's a whole nother story. But if you want to figure out what's important, what are the most important subjects that you would like to focus on? And then try to, if your kids are old enough, asking them questions about like, well, if you were to study science, what would be the most like enjoyable thing for you? Like, what do you have a lot of fun with? And let your child guide you when you have this list down and, you know, and go, listen, I only want to spend two days a week on science. Your child is lab is like hands-on driven. So you're going to focus on something that has labs. Well, you don't have to buy curriculum to do science at an elementary age or even really a middle school age, unless you're, you know, really on that. If you're a highly, you know, I want to do academia and do like the whole college thing. And even that's a little bit like misnomered how the school system does it but pick curriculum or pick resources that cater to that child so if they're lab driven and you're like hey we don't really want to do they're in fifth grade we don't really want to do textbook okay great they have like these lab kits that you can buy subscriptions for and they send you a kit and kids build things so they have engineering kits they have chemistry kits they have biology kits i mean little kids can dissect without having an actual animal in front of them. They have digital dissections, paper dissections. They have all these things that kids can use and the price is low. Now, I'm very much against a one size fits all. I'm very much against what we call boxed curriculum. Mm. So you go to a curriculum company and they have every subject, you buy the box, they send you the box and you're good to go. I'm against that because it's only one way. And typically it's seat work, read, answer questions, take a test, move on, which that works for some kids. Most kids, it doesn't. Most kids are, are eclectic. They like fun things. They like uh, to be out in nature. They want to jump on the trampoline. Guess what? That's the best time to teach them their their math facts is on the trampoline because it's rhythmic. You don't need to spend a fortune and find those and pick and research different curriculum companies. Ask, call the co-ops, you know, call, call people like me who have an academy and say, Hey, like I have this kid. I have no clue what I'm going to do. Can you recommend some curriculum? Right. I mean, I recommend curriculum. People are like, I've never heard of that curriculum company. I said, cause you're looking at box curriculum. That's typically taught in a private Christian school, not curriculum that you, that's a little easier to manage at home. No, it's <laughs> you know? true. It's true. And that's been my, my focus on this podcast is to find people who have curriculum developers that aren't so well known, right? Like we all yeah. know sunlight and I'm not, I'm not saying anything against them. I think those are probably really great, um, resources, 
I, I don't know one way or the other. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I really looked at like the mom and pops and I've been looking at people who are maybe small right now, but they have such a passion. That's what I really have found that these smaller companies have such detail in how and what they're teaching because they literally are parents who had a child who struggled in this subject and there was nothing available for them. So they took pieces of everything and created a whole brand new curriculum that fit. And they are the best at teaching you how to take even their own curriculum and adding other things in there because that's what they do. They're, they know they're, they're on that trajectory. They're, they can tell you, yes, if your child doesn't do that, can't do this, then you might want to pull from here and pull from there. And that is what homeschooling is all about. That opportunity to, like you said, get out, right? Why not do math outside? Why not do math on the trampoline, do math at the beach, do math in the, um, you know, at the play, at the, in the playground, do, do math anywhere. You can do reading anywhere. You can do drawing anywhere. Art can be done anywhere. I remember when I was in college, um, I used to, I didn't have an art class at the time, but I would go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art and I would sit there and I would sketch out a bunch of different things on a daily basis. And I was honing in my my sketching skills and all that stuff. So it doesn't have to be so um, institutionalized, so regimented, so, you know, stereotypical of what schooling has been. And we, I personally really, really want parents to just break out of that mold. Parents, you have options of so many other different schools too. I mean, there's even things called micro schools where you can create one of your own in your own home. I mean, you can, there, there are plenty of parents, like you can go to Willow Ridge Academy. She has so many resources that you she'll download to you in a second. I mean, you have a mom here who's been doing this for 17 years. The options are endless, but you get to choose and hone in which ones do I connect with. So as you listen to this podcast and you're connecting with all the different uh, curriculum developers and academies, charter schools, you'll be able to know which one you're really jiving with and who you want to call. I mean, a lot of these people are offering their time and their resources to talk with you. And one thing I have noticed about the homeschool community, they're open to giving you information without thinking like, oh, well, I'm going to get them, that, which is what the world is like, right? Society always says, I'm going to get you, you know what I mean? But that's mm -hmm. not what you're going to find here. So tell us some tell us some of your experience as a homeschool mom throughout the last 17 years. What, are, what were some of your most like special moments that, you know, you you guys give up a lot and i know for a fact you would you wouldn't trade it in for the world you probably would do it over again a hundred times so like what were some of those serendipities that we can share with everybody well i will tell you that i didn't really give up anything i gained nice. so much wow i gained i have my children even in their struggles you know even in their in in their like challenging moments of wanting you know to like have nothing to do with their mother because their mother knows nothing and she's stupid kind of thing <laughs> i still i love that i have i have a relationship with my children that i could not have had had they been in the public school when your children are those eight hours a day that they're away from you they're with me instead they're with me they're with friends that I get to choose that will influence them well. I get to handle anything that is disciplinary. I get to handle that right away. And really the most wonderful aspects is that I get, I have a whole new education because I was able to educate my own children in the way that they learn and what I think is important for them to learn. I don't think they need to learn anything that the public school is dishing out, especially not now. I don't think they need to learn any of that stuff. That is not that is not the education department's responsibility. They're my responsibility. God gave them to me to train them, to right. raise them, to yeah. protect them. Right. And and my my children, we have so much fun. You know, homeschool is never really done at home. I think one of the most memorable moments I had were 
taking my children to um, Legoland, the, the aquarium at Legoland here in California. And they had a program at the time that allowed all ages to have a dissection of a squid. So we got to tour the aquarium and all these kids, and I'm talking like six years old, all the way up to high school. And it was high school level biology here. We all got to dissect this squid together and learn how God created this squid, what the cool things are, what, you know, how, what its defense mechanisms are. And I'm like, I loved biology in school. That was the, like the only science I liked because I got to cut things open and I was like, well, I got to dig around and I, just I love loved it. it. I yeah. was the only girl who didn't throw up, you know, yeah, I, was the only yeah. girl that stood on her, I was the only person in my class that didn't puke. And I was just like digging in and cutting, just <laughs> wanting to learn. Yeah. And then seeing that in my own kids, but we were outdoors. We were with multi-levels. Parents had their hands in there. And it, it literally like this, my daughter was like seven or eight. So my son would have been probably a junior, a junior in high school at the time. And we were all doing it together. And it was just so fun. And, and it didn't, it didn't have a textbook. There's no textbook. There's no test. There was no quiz. We just enjoyed it. Um, they're all typically around science because I personally am not a science person, but the Lord has shown me how amazing science is. Yeah. We live, we live on a canyon here in San Diego and I get a lot of wildlife, especially rattlesnakes. Few, a few years ago, about three or four years ago, my husband had to shoot a rattlesnake in our backyard to protect our dogs and our family. And we kind of looked at each other and said, don't throw it away. We have an opportunity here. And we invited kids from the neighborhood that are in the public schools and said, Hey, we're going to dissect this rattlesnake. You guys want to come and learn. And my husband was home and you know, he goes, I don't even know anything about science. I say, well, guess what? You're going to learn with your kid. And I made him do it. And we have pictures of him just like stringing the <laughs> stuff out. And they, they learned all about where the organs were placed. And they had these really amazing discussions and, you know, they learned so much. There was no textbook, right? There was no agenda. There was no right. lesson plan. It was just learning. Right. Um, you know, and th that's the thing is that you go down to the beach and you just, kids will ask questions. Kids by nature are inquisitive. Correct. And I mean, parents know this, they ask you like, you're like, really, why are you asking me this question? Like, and boys ask weird questions. Like they ask girls questions. Oh gosh. You know, that's an opportunity for you to say, I don't know. Let's look it up and find out. You don't need curriculum. You don't need curriculum. Let your child ask you a question. And that be the thing that you study for the next week. When your child asks you, you know, Hey mom, why do Egypt, Egyptians wear all that different, you know, jewelry? Or why do they have these really cool, like papyrus paintings? Okay. You're going to learn about papyrus. You're going to learn about their painting. You're going to learn about their architecture and praise the Lord. We live in 2022. We got the internet. Correct. Oh my gosh. So and true. you can go to the library and just order some books for free. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have to cost money. Right. It doesn't have to do that. And those are the things that I love the most is when they're not curriculum driven. They're yeah. just inquisitive yeah. times with our kids. And I think, you know, you made so many good points. I want to talk about a couple of them. You, you talked about the museums having programs. That's such a huge thing. I've actually gone to um, professional developments at museums to learn about how to operate their museums, believe it or not, and to learn more about what's in their museums where you, parents can actually take their children there. And there's usually tours and people who would actually walk around. So that's something that's a real educational thing that you're not having to be responsible for and you can enjoy it as well. Uh, that is really powerful. And I love how you mentioned multi-age. So you have multi-age kids coming together doing this one thing where you don't have to sit there thinking, oh, I got to get this for this one, this one. And I think that could be where it becomes very overwhelming for parents because they're still having that locked mindset of this is what school's supposed to look like. And we just want to tell you guys, it doesn't have to be that way. School does not yeah. have to be that way. And um, I want you to talk about one thing. Talk about the importance, because you mentioned it earlier. You said that you have the opportunity to influence your child. Can you talk about the importance of influence versus exposure to different people? 
you, I like what you said. You, you said, um, I get to choose who influences my child. I have that responsibility, but a lot of parents who have their child in public school think they have to be exposed to different people so that they can grow. Can you talk to us about the difference and the importance of having your child being influenced by different people that you trust versus exposed to a bunch of different kids with no tools to be able to actually process that information? Yeah, um, I'm definitely not the leading expert on child development or anything like that. Right, but I'm a right. mom who loves her kid and I want my child to walk righteously. And as a Christian mom, there's there's influence, like you said, there's influences and then there's exposure. I, I don't shelter my kids so much that they don't know what's going on in the world. The difference is that I tell them the truth about it. And nice. I tell them what's not okay. It's not, it's, I'm sorry, you can't change your biology. It's just not, it's not possible. You have XX Absolutely. chromosome. X, Y, and don't come at Vex. You can come at me, but like, this is science. It's proven. <laughs> you can't change your biology. And I want to tell my children, Hey, listen, we don't treat people like dog doo-doo ever. It Correct. doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what they believe ever. We are to love them and we are to teach truth. And if truth is going to be off on the side table, then no. So influencing my daughter to, to love the people that God has created, but also to be mindful of what is true and what is good and what is right by him is my responsibility. That is not the educational system. And I love Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary and, and how he defines parents, but parents are to maintain, protect, and educate their children. Those are the duties of parents. And I, and I love his, his um, definition because that is the truth. And so if you don't like what I have to say and how I, how I choose to raise my child, that's, that's okay because your kids aren't my kids. But influence your kids in the way that you see fit. Don't let the world dictate it. You dictate that. Now, that doesn't mean you keep them from everything. Like, I believe there's, there's, safe, reasonable shelter. And then I believe that they're sheltering so much that the child has no way to comprehend anything or have any thought process. You can over, over shelter to a degree where they don't know how to handle themselves in circumstances. Actually, so, you know? that could even happen. That could even happen if a kid goes to public school. Cause my mom sheltered oh, me hard. so much. I remember I was so sheltered and I went to the public school system uh, that one day someone in my class said something and I was like, what is that? And they were like, Oh, why don't you go home and ask your mom that? And I was like, okay. So I remember I went home and asked my mom, um, about hickeys. <laughs> so funny. I was like, mom, what's a hickey? And she was like, where did you hear that word? And, I, and now mind you, I was 13 years old. Okay. I wasn't like a little kid. I was pretty much older already. So it, it's, it's really, I think there are so many mis just misunderstandings about so many different things. I mean, my husband went to a private school, then he went to a public school, but his parents did not allow him to watch Disney. Nowhere. He wasn't, I mean, there was nowhere he went to. His friends were watching in his house and the parents were like, out of the room, you're out of here. So sheltering doesn't necessarily mean it's in homeschool, right? Like right. homeschool is literally a different way of teaching your child and you know us being able to talk to your parents about the opportunity to still do that with while you're working and while you are supporting because some some moms are single moms and they want to be able to do this right yeah like let's talk to the single mom who i mean because you're a mom of how many kids do you have two i have two I have two, two children. I, we lost one child, but I have two children. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God is good. God yeah. is good. Look, uh, my, our youngest daughter is our rainbow baby. You know, oh, I love God it. is still good. Yeah. We still, we still worship him in our, in, in our heartache and we still worship yeah. him, you know, in our joy. Yeah. So, oh, don't um, let me cry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. I, I just, I don't know why I have like the Jesus pimples. I think, so, I think a mom needed to hear that. I think yeah. God just is just like a mom needed to hear that. Um, but yeah, single moms and you know, 
God, I love you single moms. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard, but you can do it. And, and it really comes down to find those like-minded people. You, you would be surprised. I, and I said it earlier, the homeschooling community is so loving there. And granted, they're not all perfect. We're not perfect. We all make mistakes. I mean, that's just who we're sinful. It's just reality. Yeah. But as a whole, the, those parents and 90% of the time, it's the mom that's staying home. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, there yes, are some it, men, there are, some, there are some dads I, I know that are some. staying home, yeah. you know, whatever works in your family dynamic, there's no judgment here at all. Not at all. Like whatever works in your family dynamic, you do that, yeah. you know, and don't let people put you down for it. You totally. do the best that you can with what you're given. And if you have to work sweet, single parent, uh, find, find other parents that, that love you for what you're doing and who believe the same things that you do not, and not a hundred percent, you know, like I have some kids in our co-op that don't, their, their parents are not Christians. I have no problem with that. I'm going to love you as God calls me to love you. I'm going to serve you as God calls me to serve you. I'm not going to lie. I'll speak the truth. I'm still going to teach from a biblical perspective. And all my parents are fine with this. So find those parents. We have a lot of like-minded parents. We are freedom loving parents. We have a lot of, um, you know, vaccine injured, myself included, family members. So we all are very diverse, but find those families that have enough like-mindedness with you to help you. You would be surprised. And you know what? There are a lot of public school teachers. I'm sure Bex, you can, you can really probably tell more about this than I could ever. There are public school teachers who want, who are like, I need to leave the public school. I don't like what's going on here. This is not what I signed up for. I want to do a paradigm shift. I want to turn around 180 degrees and I want to get on this homeschool train, but I got no students. Yes. They yes. might be willing to help. And, and yeah. that, that will cost money. Yeah. Okay. But it, but if you can tighten the reins just a little bit to get the foot in the door, whatever yeah. you can do, yeah. um, you know, and if you're like, gosh, call me and say, Diana, you know, like, I don't know how to do this. Right. And I'll pray. I will pray with you. I will yeah. help you. I will ask you, do you have grandparents? Like, yeah, I was blessed that my father and mother were not working when my kids were little, they had already, my right. dad had a very wonderful career in the military as a Navy SEAL. And he retired from that. Whoa. My mom, my mom had a, a great business. Uh, I was a, a figure skater and my mom worked. Wow. Yeah, that was another life. That was another lifetime. That was my first, that was my first lifetime. I was a figure skater and a figure skating coach, but my mom wow. had a talent of designing and she made costumes at home. And so it was very great for me because they had my kids when I couldn't leave, when I had to work. And those of you who don't, I was a single mom before I met my amazing husband you know, yeah. with, with wow. our oldest, I was a single mom and, and my husband came in and just, boy, was he the Lord's vessel for me, just an amazing man. And so I've been there. I had to rely. I didn't, I didn't do welfare. I didn't do those things. I had my parents to help. So if you have parents, aunts, uncles, anyone single mom who is like, Hey, when they say to you, what can I do to help? Tell them what you need. Say, I want to homeschool. Can you help me? They'll probably be like, oh my gosh, I wasn't thinking you were going to say that, but yeah, let's figure this out together. Sure. I'll, I'll tell you what, grandparents, aunts, uncles, best friends, okay? Whoever's in your family line that says, I want to help you and I love you and I'm going to do what I can for you, sit down and take them. Those are the people who truly do love you. If they're like, yeah. eh. I'll be praying for you. And I hope you figure it out. You're like, oh. okay, those are not the people I'm going to realize. Not my tribe. To, you're like, I need you to do, okay? Not yeah. just pray. I need you to do for me. Yeah. And you, yeah. Would, you would be surprised yeah. how, how many people will rally against you. And you only need one. Right. You only need one yeah. person, single parent to say, I can do, I'll help you. Yeah. And let me, and let me tell you, having a grandparent or an aunt and uncle, homeschool your kid while you're working as a single parent is huge. And that, that 
family member is going to be like on cloud nine, especially grandparents. Like my parents loved sitting with my kids, reading with them, doing all those things. You can, you can have that as well. It doesn't need to look like, it doesn't need to look like my homeschool. This is your family. Yeah. Uh, And you can, you can do it. And, you know, I was just, as you were talking, I was thinking like, even if a parent wanted to like rally with other parents, like, let's say they, each person gave $10, like 10, 10 families give $10 for an hour to, to have somebody come in and teach, you know, and, a if, if a teacher is contracting themselves, that's, that's, that's good money. Like an hour for an hour, a hundred dollars or $50 an hour. That's, that's actually a pretty good clean money. And you could do that a couple of times. I mean, think about it. You have a couple of times throughout the day, right? Like you have this one teacher, you bring your kids in, you know what I mean? You have that time and you got yourself a little school going on there. It's, it's all doable. It does take that onus of the parents and it's going to take creativity. It's going to take taking a risk. These things you have to take a risk sometimes to be able to get things done. And a lot of times it's not even risky. It actually, it happens and it turns out better than what we thought. We're always more nervous about what we don't know, what we can see. And then all of a sudden it happens. And then we build, we build this confidence. And in that your child is learning to persevere, to problem solve, to critically think because they're watching mom or dad do that for them as well. Uh, one thing I want parents to understand, and this is going to be my last takeaway from this as we wrap this up, is that your child is always learning with what you're doing on a daily basis. They're never not learning. It's mm-hmm. it's something that kids are so visual and they're sponges and they're always going to be picking up things that you're doing. And the one thing we want to both encourage you, and I'm going to have Diana close this out, but the one thing I want to encourage you is please find every single way to make it out of the public school. Find any which way, shape, or form. Find your tribe. Build a Facebook page. Do whatever it takes. I mean, Diana is here. She is willing to give you ideas to bring, to open her doors to, you you can come into her academy. She's an amazing woman, whether you believe in God or not, she's amazing. So you would definitely be feel very safe to have your child in her hands. So Diana, last takeaway, what's one thing you just want to like, just impress upon the listeners today? You know, no matter, no matter where you are, I'm going to get so emotional because I know the, the angst that I see, I get parents come to my booth at education fairs in tears and they don't know what they're going to do. And I, I cannot tell you how many shirts I've had snotty nose mamas running down my shoulder. And I'm joyful to, to have that. Um, but you can, moms, dads, you can do it. You, these are your children. They have been given to you for a reason, for a purpose. And the public school is not your friend. They don't love your kid. And, and we have great teachers. Okay. Don't get me wrong. They're, you know, I know that there are, I know there's a lot of Christian teachers praying hard in these schools, but they're not, they're not your child's parent. There, there is no amount of love that they have that can even measure a half a Dixie cup to the amount of love that you have for your child. Like they don't love your kid like you do. Nobody does. So if you if you can take a leap of faith and pull out of that public school, there are so many families and so many groups that want to help you. You yeah. know, and they don't they don't expect anything. I don't expect you to enroll in my academy. I don't expect you to take a class from me. If you just need one-on-one counseling and you need some help, this is a ministry for me. Like I don't I don't need the money. It's not I just need it to keep the lights on and to like to do the stuff. Yes. But like I don't I don't need the money. I need you to pull your kid out of school and take that control back and I want to help you do that. Yeah. So Can you give us like three yeah. things that they would be able to start with? Like, what would be the first thing when they're taking their kid out of school? What would be the first thing they should think about? Like before they take them out of school, you want to go to hslda.org and look at your state's 
laws. Look at what the laws are. Uh, each state is different. And so follow, follow the law. Okay. Number two, once you follow the law, then don't plan anything. Just bring your kid home and build a relationship. Okay. And whether that be you, that you're building a relationship with you, cause you're going to take that, you're going to be able to stay home yeah. or have them build a relationship with whomever you have decided to help institute this homeschool atmosphere. Why do you How say does, that? That's good. That, that's a really interesting point. Because, because you're going to get, you're going to learn that you can't take the public school, you know, schedule and make that work at home. Beautiful. That's a pub, that's an institutional schedule. That's not a life schedule. And homeschooling is an extension of parenting. I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So everyday life does not run like the institution. So we want them to enjoy and have a and cultivate a love of learning. So you're going to need to learn how your child learns. So go do fun things. Don't worry about curriculum. Okay. Now, if your kid's in high school, then I would probably say, you know, partner up with a PSP, like, you know, whatever your law is, partner up with somebody that knows high school. They can guide you whether you want to go for the workforce, whether you want to go for college, what, whatever your thing is. Yeah. But most, most kids, even in high school, you can take three months to a year off and just learn who your kid is. Cause we all think we know them, but we don't because they've wow. been away for eight hours. Wow. Okay. So, so now this one yeah. year, does that, yeah. or is that going to break? Is that going to like hold no. them back? No, we, uh, we had to do that. My, my sweet husband, we lost our father-in-law and my sister-in-law within like months of each other in one year. We looked at our daughter and said, you know what? We need, we need to just be here for our family. I said, you're in eighth grade and eighth grade's a pretty like good year, right? We're prepping her for high school. We're prepping her for high school. We're worrying about these things. And she looked at us and this is the influence that we talked about. She looked at us and she goes, you know, mom, she goes, we homeschool. I'll just do eight, eighth grade over again. It's really no big deal. It's really wow. no big deal. That's so such maturity. Bought, yeah, yeah. As an eighth grader, like, and she was young eighth grader. Cause she was already like two years younger than all the other eighth graders, like in the world, like, cause she, she had an older brother. <laughs> she was almost two years old. She could like have full sentences by four she was reading the bible on her own you know like because she had an older brother that she could look to to do these things so powerful deep deprogram yourself deprogram your kid have fun go to the beach go to the museums go do field trips hang out at home and do movie day on the couch all day long who cares like just get to know your kids uh, i want to do this now <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, I've, I've already got, I need, I need people for elementary kids. If you want elementary kids to come together, I can work that out for you. You can come in and teach them. You're my San Diego, my San Diego friend. And then number three, get that after you have that time off where you really feel like you're ready to do it, sit down and just kind of look at your kids and say, you know, what, what do you find fascinating? What do you find interesting to yourself? Right. And pick the things that they're going to have fun with because we want them to love to learn. So once you create, it might not be the most academic driven year that you have, but once you have this year of fun and they're learning and they're like, wow, I didn't know this could be school. This is what all homeschooling, you know, parents who pull out of the public school say, we had no idea that education could be this fun. Then you can start getting a little more picky and choosy if you want to still go on the fun route or if you want to go more academia driven or you want to have a combination of both. So let, let, don't let anybody tell you how to do it. Try all the things and have fun. And if it, if it flops, put, throw it away and start something new. Your time, your time, nobody says that you have to graduate a student by 17 or 18. Wow. You don't. Some homeschoolers graduate at 14, some graduate in tw at 21. Your child is, is different. Square peg, round hole. Hello. Like this is the public school system. So whatever, cultivate a love of learning, customize their education for them, not the world. I love this. All right. Beautiful. That's a, it is a perfect place. And so parents, just to recap real quick, the three things, first thing, Go to HSLDA, make sure you're following the law, and then take, what, six months to a year with your child 
to deprogram, cultivate a, a love of learning, cultivate a, a relationship, get to know how they learn. I believe within that time, you'll begin to see all the different things that they're truly interested in because they will have the freedom to talk to you about it. And you'll probably begin to see a theme. You'll probably begin to see a pattern of all the things they like to do, how they like to do it, what they like to do. And by the time you hit that year mark, you'll already know like, oh, I think my kid would be amazing in this and hey what do you think about this now you're built you built that relationship so when you talk to him then you ask him hey what do you think about this they'll be like oh my gosh that's amazing and here's the here's the kicker your kid will know that you know them i think i know when i was growing up the one thing i wanted to be the one person i wanted to know me was my mom i wanted to be known by her. I wanted to be known by my father. I wanted them to know the things that I love to do. And, and, and I mean, how many adults like that? I mean, <laughs> most husband and wives are like, you, don't you know what I like to do? <laughs> it's like, sometimes we don't because we're so busy doing other things. We don't get that six months to a year to be together. And what's really interesting, Diana, something that you said, because, um, you know, when a person gets married, uh, I know that in the Bible, it says you're supposed to take a year, the first year to get to know each other. So it's so beautiful that you brought that in with your children as you're de, de like programming and just kind of cultivating a whole brand new relationship with them. I love that. I think we can talk on forever and we probably could. <laughs> this woman is a great friend of mine now. I love her to death. And I'm so I glad I get you. a chance. To <laughs> I'm so glad I get a chance to share her with you all again so what's the call to action if they wanted to find you they can find me at willowridgeacademy.com um and that's really the easiest way to connect with me you can um find out about our school there's a little bit of homeschooling information in there but you can reach out to me and i would be more than happy to answer any questions uh in or out of california uh, awesome. that i can <laughs> you know and I, i'd be happy to direct people that are outside of california to where they need to go and, and give them some insight as well it's just we, we need to do this not not just for our own families but our future really depends on there's a much better future ahead if more kids get pulled out of the public school i agree all right with that listen to the podcast and reach out all right take care <laughs>If you love the conversations we're having here on the Homeschool Advantage podcast, follow or subscribe our podcast to stay in the loop and never miss this amazing content. And please highly consider taking a minute to leave a positive rating and review to help others like you discover this show. See you next time.